What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Fieldcrafts Raw podcast. We have an awesome show lineup for you today, but as always, we've got to give credit to our fantastic sponsors. These are the folks that make these podcasts possible for you, and many of them are really, really good friends of ours, and if they're good friends of ours, they should be good friends of yours. First company I want to recognize is Black Rifle Coffee. They're located right over in Salt Lake City, Evan Hafer and the boys and the gals. Black Rifle Coffee is found all over Fieldcraft Survival courses, events, here at headquarters. It's found running through our systems, keeping us going on at high speed. And if you guys go over to their website, which is www.blackriflecoffee.com and you use the coupon code CRAFT15, that's going to give you 15% off of uh, your order. It's a one-time deal. doesn't include like the ready-to-drink stuff, but that's okay because there's plenty of good instant coffee, K-cups, whole coffee beans, ground beans, you name it. So if you guys go over there, you can take a look at what they have to offer. Personally, big fan of Silencer Smooth, but who knows? Maybe that'll be your favorite. Maybe something else will be. So they are our good friends, Black Rifle Coffee, website www.blackriflecoffee.com. Another sponsor you should check out is Casey Highlights. Casey Highlights is pretty much the like the off-road and overlanding light. You'll find them on all of our vehicles. You'll find them on many of the vehicles that you've seen professional drivers using for different races. They're awesome. Um, not only do they make really good vehicle lights, but they have a whole lineup of like personal camp lights and things like that. I know Ricky uh, has some for her overland tent. So guys, go over to www.kchighlights.com. Use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT and you'll get 10% off of your order. And I'd highly recommend that you guys get a lot of light. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. And with good light that throws a good beam, you'll be able to see further in the distance to travel with your eyes so you don't have to drive there with your vehicle. All right, another sponsor we want to talk about are the good folks over at Triarch Systems. Now, I know a lot of you guys are kind of basic when it comes to your firearms. Hey, I run stock locks myself, but if I could, I would definitely uh, invest in a Triarch System modified Glock or their Tri-11 or one of their sick, sick AR-15s. Guys, go over to triarchsystems.com, use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT, and you will get 5% off of your order with them. Again, you're going to find all sorts of really interesting things that they do to firearms over there, increasing reliability, accuracy, just the feel in the hand. I mean, when they get done with guns, they feel like they're riding on rails. Really, really awesome. So please check them out www.triarchsystems.com. Use the coupon code FIELDCRAFT. You'll get 5% off your order. All right. Last sponsor before we get down to this podcast are our friends over at Kafaru. The website is kafaru.net. That is K-I-F-A-R-U.net. Been longtime friends with the folks over at Kafaru. I've been using their stuff professionally as a survival instructor since 2006. Started off with their tail gunner, got the Whoopi, got the Zulu pack, and then eventually graduated to their different shelters. Uh, currently running a sawtooth with a stove. I've got their slick bags. Everything that Kafaro makes is purpose driven. Uh, Aaron Snyder is the company CEO, probably the best hunter, bow hunter in the country, possibly in the world. And he does not, does not make a crappy product. 
So please check out the folks over at kafaru.net. Uh, I don't think you will find a better backpack in the business. That's personally what I use. That's the only stuff that I use and I won't use anything else. So go over there, kafaru.net. All right, let's get down to this podcast. Here we go. Welcome back to the Fieldcraft Survival Podcast family. This is Mike Hernandez, your resident mobility guy. I have a special guest today uh, that I'm honored to bring on and, and have a really uh, heart-to-heart, in-depth conversation um, about some things that, you know, personally I feel one need to be put up front and center, not in that weird, um, what's the what's the terminology when, when people get up? They, they call it some kind of, what is it, man? The word just gave me. It's like virtue signaling. That's mm. what it is. That's what it is. Not in that way at all. I mean, I'd really like to come on and and I've asked him if, if you know, if he could give us a little insight. Um, Clay from X Overland, uh, whom I've looked up to for many years and followed on social media, um, in my opinion, has been a lot of the positive and good things that comes along with, with social media. I know there's some weird things that we experience, uh, but I really like to get into that, man. Welcome, Clay. Sure. Well, Welcome. thank you. Um, pleasure to have you, sir. Why don't you go ahead and start out by giving us a brief intro on uh, who you are? Sometimes I get you know guests and I'm like, can I introduce you sure. in a certain way? And and they're like, yeah, do what you got to do. But I, I feel like I'd like to hear from you on this. Yeah, let's see. So I am a overland enthusiast. Cool. I love to travel. I am a film enthusiast who likes to tell stories. There you go. I am a family man, a husband. I have three boys, grew up in Montana um, from a legacy of ranching families. Uh, but I come from the first generation of families that weren't in the ranching mm. directly. They they grew up ranching, like my folks grew up ranching. But mm-hmm. They had moved into other careers and were no longer ranching. Interesting. So I'm the first generation to leave that lifestyle. Oh, wow. They like, you know, like not grow up. Yeah. In I did grow up in it a fair bit, like in my summers and stuff, I still spent doing as much time as I could on the ranch, et cetera. But, um, that's, that's me. And so I, I, because overlanding is a passion of mine, storytelling is a passion of mine. Over 10 years ago, I was able to kind of put those two together and start expedition overland before this whole overlanding thing was any, really anything. Uh, but there, there were things, two things that I wanted to do. I wanted to tell stories and travel the world. That's So, we put them together and built a market out of it, built the business out of it uh, over the last 11, 12 years. And it's been quite the road. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's, and that's exactly why, you know, I, I jumped at the opportunity to do this is to kind of get that story. Yeah. Um, I know for me watching the adventures, you know, Patagonia and all the countries and the vehicles have been so very cool. But I think the great tie-in for us at Fieldcraft Survival is, you know, for those people who didn't grow up in a way of ranching or have that lifestyle or grow up on a farm or maybe just even have a dad to show them this sure. way to change a tire, right? I think that people, that resonates with people, you know, and, and they say, well, I didn't really learn how to do this. So that's part of the segment that we get is we'd love to see you guys do it, teach, but also, you know, that's the value in everything that we do is those experiences, yeah. right? Yep. So to kind of start off, thank you again for that intro. Mm. Um, to kind of start off, I'd like to, I'd like to start there as you know your your childhood, if that's okay. Sure. Um, kind of how did that resonate with you growing up, you know, with that kind of a family, and and how did it shape you to what we see today? Yeah. 
Sounds good. Um, let's see. Growing up was in, I uh, grew up out of Billings, Montana. And uh, the ranch wasn't far from there outside of uh, Billings. And my, my mom was a school teacher when I was very young. And my dad was a truck driver. He started off in real estate, but moved to truck driving. And uh, for all of my cognitive memory of my mm. dad, he was a truck driver until, you know, later in my late 20s. Mm -hmm. um, so he was an over-the-road truck driver. So I didn't see my dad a whole lot during the week. I would see him on Friday nights and Saturday nights, and I would see him on Wednesday nights mm. because he was doing long-distance trucking. And uh, so we, we had some level of consistency there. You knew yeah. dad would be home on Wednesday. Um, and then my mom, uh, once my dad's trucking company was kind of up and running, he was just a sole proprietor truck driver. And uh, eventually he had a couple other guys with him. But, you know, my mom stayed home and mm -hmm. raised the three of us kids. I am the middle kid. I have an older sister, younger brother. And uh, so I looked up to my dad a ton. I looked up to his business. I looked up to him. Yeah, I mean, he drove an 18-wheeler yeah. truck. You know, how cool is that? Yeah. And he, he had a lot of pride in what he did. And I think that's where I learned, that is where I learned a lot of my business skills. Mm. Um, none of the, none of the accounting stuff and the profit and loss things. It, it's all the, how you interact with people. Yeah. How you shake a hand. Absolutely. How you look into somebody's eye. How do you, you know, read somebody. 100%. Things like that. Because um, I would go, I'd hop in the truck with him and he would take me. And uh, I'd go, I'd go to all these different places, hauling yeah. cows or whatever. I'd stop at some random person's ranch house, and we'd go inside and we'd eat dinner with them because awesome. in the morning we're going to load cows. So, so you, you know? had a strong male role model I right did. off the bat. Yep, I did. And my dad came from uh, strong role models in his life, for better or for worse. His uncle kind of was very uh, came out of military school, was a mm. troubled kid when he was. A, Little went into military school and oh, came yeah. out, came out hard. Yeah, <laughs> let's just say that. And then my so my dad grew up there, but my so my dad had a lot of um, good tendencies, but he was overcoming. I can see it looking back that he was overcoming a lot of the hardships that he had through by having a dad that was too hard on him. Mm. But he was certainly not too soft on me. <laughs> Dude, you know what? Yeah. I, I, I can relate to that so much. Yeah. Well, in the time frame, right? I mean, how, how old are you? I'm 39. You're 30, so you're about a year older than me. You know, same thing with my dad, right? We're, we're, we're like, what? what's that stupid... There's a label. My my sisters were calling me an elder millennial because I'm like right, oh, yeah. at, the, at, right at the beginning of the millennial. Oh, interesting. Which is funny, you know, yeah. the 80s, right? Yep. Um, but even that time period, I mean, you're, I, I can relate because it's the same thing with my dad. You know, his father was very hard on them. I mean, those mm. guys went through, you know, uh, war. Of war, right, right. World War II, you know, and those time periods where, where men were different. Yep. 100%. Um, so you had strong male role models. I completely can relate to the time frame of growing up and that. Um, but it clearly, clearly made a positive impact on you from what I can see. It did. And I, I had other good role models in my life, you know, the whole, it takes a village thing. Yeah. I had good church experience growing mm, up. Important. Uh, I had, um, I had the ranch to go work under it. And, and the so guys cool. that I got to work with out there, I, you know, t is still to this day in my mind are legendary I love men. That. Yeah. You know, they're the last of the real cowboys. Yeah. And, you know, part of that generation. And uh, so, yeah, you got shaped up a lot. You mm -hmm. had to work hard. You had to get up early. Mm -hmm. You had to do stuff that you didn't like. 
And I learned a lot from all of that. And that, that also taught me that I have this desire, you know, like the, what do you say? The, you know, you got to like the suck, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. ranching and hard work, physical labor. I found out I liked all that. Yep. Yep. So by the time that I had gotten to high school, I was getting into mountain biking and I was pushing it as hard as I could because I liked the pain. Yeah. And then we got into mountaineering, well, backpacking, figured out we could put ourselves in backpacks and go into the mountains and push ourselves really hard. Yeah. That turned into mountaineering and that turned into expeditions. And then- Natural progression. Yeah, natural progression. Eventually it turned into, I was in vehicles doing it and and here I am today. Like very very short story there. So so you grew up in Billings, Montana? Billings, Montana, two hours- East of Bozeman. Is that is that a very rural area for, for those of us who don't know? What's that yeah, like? Yeah, Billings is the biggest town in Montana. It's probably 150,000, something like that, maybe 200,000 now. Mm-hmm. Um, three main high schools. Oh, wow. You know, four, well, four almost. We mm-hmm. won't mention the one, you know, how it is. <laughs> and then, uh, so I grew up in town, but all the way around it is rural land. Gotcha. Country, huh? Country, yeah. lots of country. The Crow Indian Reservation is there, uh, which is where our ranch is. Very at, cool. At. And then the Priors and the Beartooth Mountains, and there's a lot to do there. So it's super fortunate. I, you know, I just got back from uh, Overland Expo East. Yep. And a lot of the the guys there that I talked to um, reference oftentimes that we're super blessed here on you know the western portion of the United States yes. because of that fact, right? Yes. And you seem to be definitely reflecting that sentiment, you know, with mm-hmm. wide open spaces. How did that, how did that frame your childhood and growing up? Uh, one of the most significant moments that I can remember of growing up, I was probably 12 years old and my uncle Jimbo Scott said, Hey, uh, we trailered a bunch of horses out to this spot called Bear Coulee. Mm. And we get out and he's like, all right, Clay, I got your horse out. I had no experience. Mm-hmm. I, I to this day, I don't really have horse experience. Mm-hmm. And he got, he put me on this really good horse, pretty much slapped it on the butt and said, go get this, you know, 40, 50 head of cows. You're going to go that way. Really? Yeah. And you're going to go over a ridge. And when you get to that ridge, you're going to see two more ridges. You're going to go to the far back one. And that's where those cows are going to be. And you're going to bring them all back. Wow. How, how old were you? I was 12. Nice. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is I was already into survival stuff. Yeah. I loved it. I yeah. had all the little books, the pamphlets I get them for Christmas in my yeah. stocking and like the survival and the wilderness medicine and like how to read a compass. I was into that. Still am. I like nerded out and I had a compass on me That's what's up. and I took a bearing at 12 and I went out that way and I went and got it. Well, my uncle knew that that horse oh. had what we call a lot of cow in it. Mm-hmm. And so he knew that the horse was going to take care of the job. That's awesome. You know, so I went out there and got all these cows and came back. And that was one of the most, you know, significant times I I can remember growing up where I said, I can do this. Yeah. I got this. What a great positive esteem building way of life. I mean, I'm I'm thinking about that. That that could have been more excellent. Yeah. A horse that, like you said, was already able to do that. Sending a twelve-year-old, giving him response, giving him purpose, yeah, and, there, and freedom. And there's no cell phones. Yeah, yeah. There's no satellite in reaches nope. or anything like that. It's nope. like you better be back in yep. time, and I better have all those cows with yeah. you too. No, I'm with you. I, I remember when cell phones came out. You know, like yeah. that's our generation. You know, yeah. Uh, color TVs. <laughs> I remember color TVs coming out, and you know, going from eight track to 
All cassette that. tape. Yeah, that, we grew up in a totally different time period than a lot of these kids are now. That's awesome, though. And I can appreciate that. I mean, I have a similar background, too, where, you know, growing up in Arizona, it's all mm. wide open. And the thing to do there with our uncles and friends of the family was work for the landscape companies. You know, at yep. 12 years old, we would be yeah. out there in 120 degree weather. And I appreciate Oof. it. Right. Guys, we're just going to interrupt the podcast for a moment to bring you one of our additional sponsors, and that is Athletic Greens. The website is athleticgreens.com. If you use our link, which is athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft, you'll get a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. I use Athletic Greens, especially now during the holiday season, you know, give or take a month. So we're talking November, December, January to help keep my diet somewhat regular. It's easy when you're on the road visiting family to eat a whole bunch of really, really good food, but maybe not the most healthy food available. So Athletic Greens is my go-to. And I personally feel like Athletic Greens gives me a boost. Uh, it's almost like having a cup of coffee without the caffeine, even though this doesn't have caffeine in it. Um, I really like it in terms of giving me that energy, helps with digestion, tastes great. It's a good way to start each and every single day. And, you know, it use conjunction with, you know, proper exercise. It's going to help you maintain weight, lose weight. Uh, it's phenomenal. So definitely check them out. Athleticgreens.com forward slash fieldcraft. So all through high school, you started to make your progression. You said backpacking, well, being out in the middle of nowhere as a kid led to mountain biking, backpacking, and then overlanding. Yeah. Gotcha. My first off-road experience that I can remember was my dad wanted to go fishing and he had the, a, a Jeep Wagoneer, a oh, nice. Woody Jeep Wagoneer, and he was very proud of it. It was kind of at the time when they were out though, you know, mm -hmm. maybe it was mm -hmm. like five or six, seven years old at the time and they were still... They weren't classics yet. Mm -hmm. They were just the thing, you know, to have. And um, we got out there, out towards the ranch, up into the Pryor Mountains looking for this place to fish. And he got stuck in a creek. Mm. And we all had to crawl out the back window. And my dad had to walk a long ways, like five, six, seven miles, I don't know, in cowboy boots to go get help. Wow. And I remember the whole time, like, this is awesome. <laughs> You know, just loving it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, my sister's, you know, not digging it. My brother was too little to know. Yeah. My mom was probably mad at him. And I, the whole time I was just like, I have vivid memories yeah, yeah. of it. Just little snapshots of how this was so adventurous. Absolutely. You know, and maybe that's where the spark of adventure Absolutely, kicked man. in too. This is all about the same time. And then, you know, by the time we got to high school, you know, I had a Bronco too four-wheel drive mm -hmm. and we would go out to the ranch and it's it's a big place and it's leased on a bunch of other places mm -hmm. and so we'd go out there and get lost How, what is what is a big place for and, and for you guys uh like well i mean this is you know the ranch is in the top probably 15 20 ranches massive. in the country yeah so massive yeah. for so us so it's like you you drive across one side and you won't get to the other wow. in a day that's awesome. You'd have to push it. You yeah, could do yeah. it though. You know, in a, in a four, you certainly couldn't do it in a horse. Yeah. You know, you have to drive around to get there. So, it, I mean, it, for, for scale, it took me, it took me like six years to start to get the lay of the land. Oh, really? So you spent some serious time out there. Driving around, getting yeah. lost. Wow. Which is at this point, just the best thing in life for you. Oh, uh, yeah. it's so much fun. Yeah. There's a couple of scary times for sure. Did you? Yeah. Well, sadly we had... Uh, 
one year for Christmas, we had a, some cowboys leave the house and never show up at their next place. Oh, no. And uh, four days later, they found them. They, they'd rolled a vehicle, and sadly, they had perished. Oh, no. But uh, that was in my mind, like, this place is big. They went looking for mm -hmm. them, and mm -hmm. it took four days before they found them. Wow. You know? Just made it real. Yeah. So this yeah. is big. Yeah. You know? So that was always in the back of my mind, yeah. you know? All these things, if you look back, have an influence on you. 100%. And, oh, I better pay attention. I better be prepared. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I better have, you know, my feces amalgamated. Right. So to speak. And because I'm out here all by myself. <laughs> Love that. You know? <laughs> and I would be out there by myself a lot or with a buddy. And yeah. Yeah. So we learned about vehicle sympathy, mm. mechanical sympathy, you know, not wrecking your truck because that's the only thing you got. You know? Man, I love that you're saying that. Honestly, like there, there's been a couple of times and and outside of us guys, you know, when we're all together, we like to dig on each other and sure. whatever. But there's been there's been a pretty consistent uh, opinion that just kills me. And when uh, one of my friends recently had said something like that about, you know, vehicle sympathy, mechanical sympathy, you know, that is being directly attributed to the fact that those of us who are out here surviving or middle of nowhere or have some kind of like you know dependency on this vehicle yeah that's a big deal the other side of that fence is is guys who are like racing and they're like oh that's so lame but no 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 no. context matters right yes that's why i love that you've lined out for us how big that is it's a big deal we're not out there trying to just destroy stuff because potentially it could lead to a you know life or death situation yeah and that those lessons early on mm -hmm. led to developing a mindset that allows you to cross mindset russia it allows you to cross Greenland and survive it. That's awesome. You know, it, it go across South America and not have a mechanical failure yeah. failure whatsoever. Yeah. You know, because you're thinking about the preservation yes. of the vehicle. You're going to go do the mission. You're going to go do the trip. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a good time. You're going to go where you need to go. But you're going to do it in such a way that when you're done, that vehicle is still mechanically sound. 100%. 100%. So in terms of mechanics, did you get any formal you know, education, was there, you know, grandpa showing you, dad showing you because you're a truck driver sure. or like, well, how yeah. did that work out for you? I spent a lot of time under big rigs, helping my That's dad awesome. hand in wrenches and stuff. Never really cared for it a lot. Mm. It was always cold. Mm -hmm. It was always outside in the winter in the dark. And for some reason I didn't really care for that. But when I did, when I met my wife, uh, Rochelle, we were high school sweethearts. She was, uh, 15 when we met. I was just turned 17. Mm -hmm. We dated for four and a half years before we got married. And I would travel to Missoula where her folks live and I would hunt and spend a lot of time with her dad. Still wish I could more. Yeah. Uh, he's still alive today. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is a Montana department state oh, okay. mechanic. Oh, really? So that guy taught me everything. See, I that's really awesome. Yeah. He taught me how to hunt. And he taught me how to work on trucks and how to think. Yeah. And it's it's so important. So so a little bit of my background real quick is in behavior health. And a, mm. a lot of the kids I deal with have no father figures or mother figures for that sure. matter, right? I mean, yeah. they're just left to the state. And, and as I hear you go through this process, I mean, there's a lot of really great men in your life to this point that we're, we're seeing come out and talk. Yeah. That's you're so fortunate. That's blessed, man. That's that's been amazing. Blessed yeah. with that every step of the way. Yeah. I mean, as soon as I got to college, I had great guys around me that shaped me, that started to teach me leadership, 
leadership has always been a thing mm-hmm. of mine. I've mm-hmm. always wanted to be a good leader. Um, I think part of it is that I wanted to overcome this sense that I could do it yeah. and be a leader because uh, at an early age, they found out that I, I had learning disabilities. Really? Yeah. So I, I'm colorblind. I'm a colorblind cinematographer. Are you serious? Yeah. And I have total ADHD, or at least I did when I was a kid. <laughs> I can relate. I still do now. I can relate. Let's, <laughs> let's not be, let's not kid around. Yeah. Um, and then... Let's see what else. Dude, hold on, hold on, hold on. You're you're colorblind? I just just saw that trailer that you're about to release. That is honestly the most amazing, one of the most amazing things I've seen, and you're colorblind. And I have not touched the color. Oh, okay, okay. If I I color anything, I get in trouble because it looks like Lord of the Rings on acid. (laughs) So I I got kicked off that function years ago. Gotcha, Because I'd be like, hey, babe, how's this look? And she'd be like, "Eh, it looks horrible. That's funny. You know, so I, I don't do that anymore. Okay. But at okay. least composition yeah. and storytelling and all that. But um So strong yeah. males. Strong males. Isn't that something? And and I'm gonna I'm gonna as we're w- walking through this story, to me it's important to point that out because we're in this weird counterculture mm-hmm. process that's happening right now, unfortunately, right? This these these phrases that are being thrown around like ta- toxic masculinity. Sure. And, you know, for me, I hold true to traditional family values, right? I mean, I really do. It's it's a core function. I've been very blessed with an amazing dad too, you know, and, and things like that. And I hear that and it just, it warms my heart because those are the guys that I really want to be like. I, like that's, that's the goal, right? Yep. Is we leave something behind and big picture, yeah. you know, we become so that others can become purpose, right? Like that's, I love that. I right. love hearing that um, and, and how that's, visible in the success, I think, and it translates to the success of the company and everything else, right? Sure, yeah. Um, so you're, uh, you learn mechanics with your wife's father, mm-hmm. even more so. Um, do you get immediately into this mindset of, man, we need to start exploring six continents, or where does that? No, that comes along later. So I, international travel was introduced to me on my first international trip. I was able to go to Slovenia, and I spent a month there with... Uh, crew nice. campus crusade for christ it was a summer project out of college and i spent a month there and i had such an amazing time mm. interacting with new cultures and um we had a buddy eric that was filming the whole time he had brought a video oh, really? camera yeah one of the a gl2 a canon gl2 with sd tapes <laughs> and uh we he filmed the whole time and when we got home we we made it a documentary kind of, or he did. And I kind of was just kind of there to help him. I said, you know what? This storytelling, this video stuff is for me. Yeah. Um, so that's where I got the taste of travel, international mm. travel. I was hooked. I, I got to go to Italy and Slovenia and immerse myself in that culture for a awesome. time. And I loved it. Um, the truck component came once I got married. I We had Cyrus... We have three boys and the oldest is Cyrus. And we had him about just two years after we got married. Mm-hmm. And I was not able to go do long distance mountaineering trips anymore. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. it couldn't be gone for 10 days. Right. Yeah. You know, so I'd run out, do a weekend warrior trip mm-hmm. in my truck. And I found out that I was just doing it out of my truck. Yeah. So yeah. I was building my vehicle to go to the places I wanted to go because I wanted to still be in the back country. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's where the truck component came in. Absolutely. And then one day... I was uh, 
at a Toyota dealership here in town and they had an Overland Journal sitting on the McVickers or somebody had gone in there and said, hey, you should put this while they're making their rounds, just getting started. That's so awesome. You know, and I looked at this, I pulled this magazine up and I said, what? There, there's a whole like community of people that travel yeah. around the world yeah. and they use their vehicles. You know, I quickly stole that magazine <laughs> and studied every page, you know, front to back. And um, I, I, I remember it was like two more years before I found another Overland Journal. They were so scar- sparse yeah, at the yeah. time. They're just getting started now. But it initiated that, oh, there's a community of people there. And then Expedition Portal, mm-hmm. you know, if I went into the rabbit hole and I never came out. I still haven't come That's out. That's so awesome. So I love that you're saying that. Now that we're talking about, uh, you know, Overland Journal, it was actually um, them who had been teaching vehicle sympathy and some other guys were getting on his case. And I was like, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. Have some respect for somebody who's been around the world like oh, four no. or five times. Like, yeah, <laughs> that has their doctorate in overlanding. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you're starting to make connections. Uh, vehicle, truck, first yep. baby. First baby. And uh, I was, you'll see some of this story coming up in our new Alaska cool. series. But uh, basically I was working as a cinematographer, as a storyteller for some shows. I worked my way up from weddings, mm. shooting local commercials. And then I had a couple opportunities to go shoot a documentary on a band. Mm. So then I went and did that. You know, it's all progressive steps, right? You're learning new skills and stuff. Weddings taught me a lot. Strong entrepreneurship spirit here. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was broke for years. It was a struggle fest. Um, To that point, there was one point when I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm. Um, I got to change because I'm not providing. Mm. You know, Shelly's doing all the... She's working at the coffee shop and we're living wow. off the money from the coffee shop because I got, you got a broke artist yeah, sitting, yeah. Try, wanting to make money. I got to change. Yeah. So I studied up for the police test and I went in and I studied or to take that test. And halfway through the test, it was very evident to me. Mm. I will just say that God spoke to me mm. and said, you're not supposed to be here. You need to keep doing what you're doing. And I walked out of that test. And never looked back. And it renewed my passion to like, okay, I got to double down. Yeah. I got to figure this out because I know all those other options aren't mm. options. Mm. Those things I've been cooking up in my head that maybe, maybe, maybe I'll do this, this, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it became clear that those were not the way the way I was on yeah. is and I yeah. better double down. Excellent. So that's, that's what we did. And so I got into some more um, television productions type of stuff. You kind of work your way up. And then um, worked at a on a little show called Our Five Sons Alaska in Rainy Pass Lodge, Alaska, mm. and learned to shoot remote, learned to shoot episodic series. No one knew what they were doing. We're all figuring it out together. <laughs> so awesome. And then I came Pioneers. home, and I had a little bit of uh, money in my pocket, mm. and I had that. I had a 2001 Tacoma, and I said, "I'm going to build this up, and I'm going to go on a trip, and I'm going to take my father-in-law." Because he's really good at mechanics. There you go. Mechanical stuff. And he, he could probably use getting out of the house a little bit. So we went on our first 10-day trip. It was my first 10-day trip mm-hmm. camping out of it. All right, guys. We're going to interrupt the podcast again to bring you another sponsor. And that is Element. That is spelled L-M-N-T. And the website you want to go to is drinklmnt.com. This is Element. And it is an awesome drink mix that's taken over the world. With Element... 
you can get the valuable electrolytes back after fasting or working out. It helps with the keto flu, fights your carb craving, and it kickstarts your day uh, and helps fight off that grogginess. Now, someone who's done the keto diet for quite some time, I'll tell you that initially the keto flu sucks. It feels like your head is going to implode. Well, Element gets rid of that ridiculous, ridiculous pain. Now, I'm not the only one using Element. There are weightlifting teams uh, for the US Olympic team. There are Navy SEAL teams, Marines, FBI sniper teams, all sorts of folks, including a whole bunch of folks here at Fieldcraft that drink Element, and we like it. So if you go over to their website, which is drinkelement.com forward slash Fieldcraft, you can get a free sample pack just by paying shipping. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal product. And the shipping, by the way, it should only be about five bucks. So highly, highly recommend you check it out. Can't go wrong. I think you guys are going to find that it's totally risk-free. And if you do end up buying some and changing your mind, uh, you can return it with no questions asked, right? So if you don't like it, no big deal. You can always return it. So they have a no BS customer service. And I think you're going to find out why we at Fieldcraft really, really like their stuff. Check them out. It sounds like you started more learning the shooting aspect, the cinematography stuff, the documentary style footage yep. and whatnot, and then became more of the overlander yep. type. Is that, is that what, what yep. I'm hearing? Cinematography, storytelling is the career path. Gotcha. Overlanding was the passion. Gotcha. It's the hobby. Very cool. And put them together. And that's what we got here today with yep. the expedition overland. Yeah. Uh, and, and amazing. Is, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Very cool. So your first 10 day trip, how, how did that go? It was amazing. Yeah. It was incredibly freeing to realize that you can get in a car, mm-hmm. go see all this stuff, live well. And it was, you know, we had problem solves, things to problem solve. I remember the, the hardest one that we we're like, what are we going to do? Mm. The Coleman O-ring <laughs> in the Coleman stove isn't working. So we had to go to like a Napa and we had to retrofit an really? auto part o-ring to make our our stove work because that That's was awesome. our only stove you know and i just from that day on have always loved the problem solving the challenge yeah with yeah. overlanding figuring it out as you go Very, where'd you guys go uh all over utah yeah and then into colorado i had some friends that i want to meet there and and then and back, you know, that's 10 days that's yeah a lot. that's you know a lot in 10 days we, it is we a hustle. lot it is a lot and i and i think that's so crucial for people who see like the Patagonia trip. I love that you guys took that. Watching you cross the borders, we talked a little bit about that mm. off camera and whatnot. Um, but we all have to start somewhere. And I think that's so inspiring as we go through the progression of, you know, the six continents that we we're talking about earlier and Russia and all this other stuff that you've done. I mean, really, you're doing 10 day trips. You had a Toyota Tacoma. Yep. You know, father-in-law went with you and you were fixing Coleman's. You know, that's that's where everything begins and if i could say anything because i do get this a lot of how do i get involved how do i how do i do this thing overlanding or whatever just go just try it yeah it's, it's not you know it's not russia it's not those things we have these really great you know pieces in our backyard like we we're talking about you know here in, in montana and arizona just get out there man yeah and i'm part of you know, expedition overland and building the trucks that we do in some ways is part of the problem of that uh that uh, fear of barrier or that barrier mm. to entry mm-hmm. because you think your vehicles have to look like Adigan out there gotcha. or the X3 Meridian or whatever Tacomas or whatever trucks we've built before. Yeah. No, those are us working as hard as we can to perfect our craft of building trucks. Right. And we've come from very yes. basic vehicles. And so we know 
we did it with basic vehicles. And by the way, we had a great time. Right. You know, but you're always working to improve. And that's eventually what you have now and sitting down there in the yeah. hangar. That's why I love this opportunity you're giving me to come talk with you because I think people don't understand that that point. You're 100% right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's a lot of fun. If, if you really have to enjoy the process of where you are mm. in this journey. Mm. If you're feeling intimidated because you don't have the crazy Tacoma or the built yeah. up gladiator yep. and that's, you think that's what you need. You're missing out because truly the journey yeah. of figuring it out yep. is the fun part. One, I totally agree with you, man. Those, those cliches that people make fun of, you know, it's not the destination, it's the journey. It's yeah. very, very true. Yeah. It's very true. Just get in there and yeah. work it out. Learn. Yeah. You know, we're seeing this after we're seeing how, how many years, 10 years of of the company itself. I yeah. mean, you're talking even prior 11, to that, right? 11 years. Yeah. This is before I yeah. started XO. Wow. So, so run me through that. So you're, you're doing these things in your personal life. Where does it become XO? Yeah. Um, so went to the trip with my father-in-law, came back, took a trip to uh, Uganda oh, with wow. the Uganda Orphans Fund, spent a month shooting a documentary over there. And uh, that was kind of my first international film trip that mm. I had kind of put together and, you know, wasn't getting paid for. It was all volunteer, but I was like stepping out to figure this out. Yeah. And came home. I'd just been working on the the R5 Sun stuff, had a little money in my pocket. Uh, I, I say this oftentimes, when you're getting started in cinematography, mm. it's feast or famine. Mm. Like you, you go make your money and then you live off that money until you can like build mm. the next project and it takes a long time and you go through like famine stages. Well, I was coming off of a feast stage. I had enough money, went and mm. did all this stuff, then went to Uganda, was there for a month, came back, and all the further work that I had lined up mm -hmm. fell through. Oh, wow. Because the economy was just taking what a dive. 2010. There you go. And Montana was always is a little bit behind what the, mm. the na national economy does. Hit hard, lost all my work. Oh, wow. And, I, you know, we had two little ones, and I was broke. Mm. And I was walking into the house. And I was about to flick the light off and I looked back and there was a, a stock 100 series and then the built up Tacoma that we had kind of worked on. And I had dabbled in partnerships and sponsorships with that truck because mm -hmm. I, I utilized leveraged photography skills mm -hmm. before there was ever influencers, Standard, Instagram yeah, didn't yeah, exist, yeah. all that stuff. Um, so it, the, the business operated differently back then. Um, and I looked there and I said, hey, you know, this this could be something. Yeah. Maybe we could shoot a show on traveling the world by vehicle. It's awesome. And by the next week, I had kind of concepted some stuff. And by two months later, I had some buddies and we went and shot a pilot in Moab. Back to Moab, you go to yeah, where yeah. you know. Yep, yep. And we, we shot a little of that. And that's where I met the guys from Warren for the first that's time. That's awesome. Happened to, I had no idea this thing called Easter Jeep Safari yeah, is yeah. a thing. I rolled into Moab and it was Easter Jeep Safari. Are you serious? Yeah. And so I'm like, hey, look, all these companies are here. Yeah. You know, we're down here shooting a pilot. Maybe we should talk to some people. And I walked the street and cold called, cold talked to all these people that were there. <laughs> and one of the guys at Warren said, um, well, you know, we get inquiries like all this. All the time. I get, I get 20 a day. Right. From at Warren here. And I said, well, Ken. What do I need to do to stand out to yeah, you? Yeah. You know, uh, he says, good question. What I want you to do is write me a pitch email and I want you to title it Moab Conversation. Mm. 
So I said, okay, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And I went home after that trip, put together a pilot, sent it to Ken, Moab conversation, and he responded back. And Warren became one of the first sponsors of Expedition Overland. That's awesome. still sponsored today. That's a legacy brand, man. It's a legacy brand. Yeah. But it took people buying into what we were doing and seeing that we were putting in the work and then yeah. proving ourselves. Yeah. But anyway, so to this day, when I talk to people, I ask them to do that. Well, if you're going to email me yeah. and you want to work with XO, you email me and you say, this, whatever it is, conversation, conversation. all caps. <laughs> and then... And then that's I, cool, though. That's, Absolutely. That, so that's where that comes from. That's very, very cool. So now you got Warren on board. Yeah, um, and the, Warren on board meant like, no cash. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, we're looking at providing product for yeah, you. Absolutely. And then you you tip tiptoe your way towards yeah. market market value where you can actually ask for yeah. cash. Um, and then so we went and shot two episodes. That's when I met Brian McVickers and Scott Brady after we had shot our pilot. My dudes. Our good one. Yeah. Um, I, I learned that there's Overland Journal and I called up McVickers. And Brian, at the time, this is guy Brian, and got on the phone. And I was all nervous. I got to talk to Brian, and um, I went down to Hollister, California, and debuted our first episode. And that's where I met Paul May of mm. Equipped Expedition Outfitters. Mm. That's where I met Brian McVickers. Mm-hmm. That's where I met Anthony Sicola, that now runs Overland Expo. Mm-hmm. We did a rally together and won it. This so was awesome. awesome. And then I got to meet Scott. That's awesome. Know? And then fast forward. From that that point on, he helped us launch it. He told me, "You better go to the SEMA Auto Show," mm-hmm. and like uh, it started to gain momentum. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm seeing. Absolutely. Yeah, and then uh, eventually we said, "Well, we want to do something big." So after our initial six episodes of like figuring things out, uh-huh. just the weekend warrior stuff. Yeah, we drew a line and said, "We're going to try and uh, go to Alaska." That's that's when that decision was made. And it's going to cost X amount of dollars. It was, I think it was $150,000 to produce mm. that, to pay everybody, to get the equipment that we needed, everything. And that was like astronomical. Mm. And we all sat at a table and we said, here's the figurative line. Mm-hmm. And I will, I will shoulder the financial responsibility if this does not go well. But it's never going to go well if we don't try. 100%. So we all walked, figuratively walked across the line yeah. and went for it. So who's all who's who's included in this in this conversation as you're having that one? Yeah, so that was let's see. It started one way and then turned, you know, how things planning goes yeah. 6 months later it's new characters, but it was Scott and Rhonda Cahill. Gotcha. My wife Rochelle. Wife is always there. And yep. uh then we had brought on some other people like Ty Heaps, Toby gotcha. Johnson that ended up coming in that Ty brought in. We went bear hunting together and I was nice. like, "Yep, this guy's good. Yeah. Let's let's take yep. him." We all got deathly ill in the back country and we bonded very quickly. <laughs> you know, so I was like, okay, yep, yeah, we can take yeah. Tony. He's good. And uh, yeah, that's that's how that initial that's how team got kicked off. And wow. we went and shot that. Awesome. So Alaska's where it all kicked off. I'm sure the next, that's the next 10 years. Fast forward to today, right? Is that the fast track? Yeah. Or is there still more? Um. It wasn't only Expedition Overland that brought skill sets. Mm-hmm. Um, other people took a risk on me. Mm. Br- Scott Brady took a risk on mm. me. Uh, there, there's a moment when they were doing the E7 expeditions, which was the first land cruisers to go all seven continents, one in particular, all seven continents. And um, that's they were shipping trucks across the world and they wanted to shoot a series, you know, have video documentation of it. Yeah. 
And uh, the, Bruce Dorn, a friend of mine, one of the Canon photographers of lights, and uh, you know, mm. he had a retina detachment. Oh no! Yeah, he so get, he get hit or something? Like how did no, that? No, it just you know he's getting older and oh. it just detached or is about to. And yeah. so he had to go home and he had to get surgery and he had to lay on his face yeah. for six weeks yeah. or six months or something crazy. So Scott calls me and he says, "Hey, you know what? Um, I need a guy to go to Russia. Mm. Do you want to go to Russia?" And Scott didn't know me from Adam. Really, mm-hmm. I mean, we'd met a couple of times, and he said, "You have twenty four hours." to tell me if you can go to Russia. And I said, well, I'm going to figure it out. And I, I was able to go. And that's where yeah. I met Kurt Williams, mm. Cruiser Outfitters. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we got to know each other in Russia, banging yeah. our way across the wow. uh, the that's tough pretty, roads of, cool, man. of Russia. <laughs> yeah. So I had the E7 experience. And that's when I was able to interact with Scott. Yeah. He taught me a lot of driving things. I was just hungry for anything I could. Absolutely. He taught me a lot of mechanical sympathy. See? Yeah. So look at that legacy of what they've done is connected with you. It's connected with me. And it comes down to people taking a risk on you. But But there's so many principles being applied here. Like like what we talked about with our, you know, the the men in our lives that that, you know, lended that experience to us, who took us under their wings, you know, that's not lost on me hearing that because it just makes me want to do that more, right? We become so that others can. And you're seeing it reflected consistently over your life, right? Building relationships, a solid handshake, eye-to-eye contact. You know, those things are so important for you younger guys that are out there or trying to, you know, figure out the way. It's those basic things that my father taught me, right? And it's being reflected here, you know, as we go through your timeline. I mean, it's it's important. Relationship Uh, building is important. Absolutely. It is the foundation to society. 100%. Right? Like, uh, you cannot, like systematically work your way yeah. somewhere yeah. you know like through checking boxes mm-hmm. and if thens mm-hmm. like no you have to have relationships yeah. Yeah. and and it truly is who you know not what mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. i don't have a college degree mm-hmm. my professor told me to quit college you were telling <laughs> you know like cuz i was so bad at school and you know people were saying like well if you want to do good in business yeah. if you want to run all this you better have a degree mm-hmm. and my, my professor said no you better not do this it's a trade you can go learn go learn it, it. But I had, you know, been taught yeah. good social skills, mm-hmm. was able to d- develop respect. a business, respect. Uh-huh. And I mean, that's why I'm here today. I, I can relate, man. I can totally relate to everything you're saying. All right, guys, final, final sponsor before we wrap up this podcast. And this is Manscaped. Now, let's talk about something that hits below the belt. That is Manscaped. Uh, Manscaped.com is the website. Use our coupon code, which is Fieldcraft, and you're going to get 20% off of your order. Now, you might be wondering, what the heck is Manscaped? It's personal grooming stuff, guys and gals. Maybe this pertains to you, too. I don't see why a gal can't use this. A lot of things went out of style in the 80s. Hollow-handled knives, carry handles for AR-15s, woodland camo, uh, big bush. So get yourself some manscaped products and keep that bush under wraps. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff is coming back in style, right? Woodland is hot. A2 carry handles. Awesome. Uh, I can't say the same about bush. So please check them out. Go over to manscaped.com. Use the coupon code fieldcraft and you will find all the products that you need to trim up your boys, your twig and berries, your wedding tackle, whatever you want to call it. Good stuff. 20% off. And you will definitely, definitely be feeling better and looking better for when the time is right. All right. Speaking of time, it's about my time for these ads. Let's get back to the podcast. 
Well, I think we, I think it's important for you to tell that story about your your professor. When you told me that, it it it, it again it resonated with me because there is a, a, a societal norm that is not for everybody. It's it's not. It has to be taken within context, and that is you, you got to get a, a degree. You you got to do this in order to succeed. You okay? Maybe depending on which degree you get, right? But yeah. also, you know, entrepreneurship businesses, relationship building, there's some important factors there too. Could you could you quickly give us that one? Because I thought it was pretty cool. The story? Yeah, just yeah. real quick. So I, I had moved from Bozeman or from Missoula where I was doing forestry school mm. and realized that I was real bad at science and math. <laughs> and that to be a forester, you pretty much have to be a scientist. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, that's not for me. And so I just came back <laughs> from the summer of Slovenia Mm. working in Slovenia or doing that trip. And then one more critical thing happened. I went on a Knowles, a National Outdoor Leadership School, mm. mountaineering school program. Spent a month in the backcountry. But uh, that was plays a big part in my expedition mentality. Gotcha. We'll get back to that. Yeah. But uh, so, yeah, I I'm, I'm decided, hey, I want to do film school. And I think that's probably important. So I get to film school. I'm terrible at it. I'm having to do all these prereq courses to get yeah. even to get into the film program, mm -hmm. and I'm not doing good. And I go in and I I meet with my professor, and he's like, "You should quit." Mm. And I was, it was the best thing yeah. I ever heard. And because what, was, what I, was his intention? I mean, that was just him it, right. trying to get you to where you need to be, right? He said, "Listen, film is a trade. Mm. You can learn this. You don't need school to do it. Mm -hmm. You know." And I said, yeah, I agree. Because I had I was doing other film things yeah. with, you know, college groups and stuff. Absolutely. I was seeing that, yeah, I'm learning a whole lot more by doing that than sitting in class. So I knew what he was saying. And mm -hmm. I think he knew what he was saying. Mm -hmm. Abs mm -hmm. Absolutely. And uh, so it was the kick that I needed. Yeah. And then I went and I, I called my folks after that. And he's like, I said, he, he told me to quit. Yeah. And I, I think he's right but I want to keep pursuing this full blast mm -hmm. as hard as I can. Can I take some of my college money, which was like 15,000 bucks that had been saved for me? Yeah. And can I start a business? Yeah. Can I buy some cameras and go for it? And my parents being entrepreneurs that they are and Say risk that. takers and stuff, they said, yeah, you better put the work in. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you can do it. How many years to this point have you been working on film and, and storytelling? Has it been significant? No. No? So this is still uh, the beginning. Huh? A year. A year. Okay. Wow. So there's the leap. But I, I got that ADD thing. I, <laughs> I, I am 100%. Like if I get into something, I go Done. all in. Yeah. And I was all in. Yeah. But I think the way that I was talking about even my folks, you know, who know you best. Yes. Yes. We're able to recognize that this is probably Clay's mm. best shot. Mm. You know, if he doesn't figure this out, he's probably going to be in our our basement for yeah, a while yeah, yeah. you know well let's get you know this is the best thing we've right, seen so they motivated me yes. yep you better get out there and they supported me for years you That's know awesome. like they'd helped me in tough times uh, th there's no way i would be here without the support yeah. of parents yeah you know absolutely and that whole idea that you can't get a handout if you've had a handout to, mm. to start something is uh and that you're looked down upon mm -hmm. for that is total BS. 100%. Yeah. You need to use whatever Absolutely. leverage you can. Put the work in. Absolutely. Use your integrity. Maintain it. But then if you do that, you know, that's how you step up and get going. Had I not done that, have I, had I had too much pride mm -hmm. to say, well, I can't borrow money or I can't mm. do this or that, I wouldn't be here. Right. And it's all paid back. And right. It's, and, right. And 
they're happy as can be because they saw their son succeed. And, and, and I love that part of it. Like that's a two-way street, right? From the son's standpoint, you're showing that gratitude and, t- and teaching that lessons. But from the father's standpoint, why wouldn't I want to leverage my influence, finances, or whatever that is, yeah. the betterment of my son? I don't understand the mentality that goes against that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like absolutely, I am here to make sure that our family succeeds. We leave a legacy, right? Yeah. We, we make sure that our, our kids are taken care of at the same time. No, I agree with you, man. A, a legacy mindset is the total opposite of a poverty mindset. One hundred. And I want nothing to do with a poverty yep. mindset. Yep. You know, it's it's it it keeps you down. It says you can't do this because it's like a defeatist attitude. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I would rather be like, what do we got to do as a collective whole mm-hmm. within our families that we will leave a better legacy and a better planet and a whatever, mm-hmm. a better ranch, a better business, a better yep. home, a better yep. father, yep. whatever, when we're all done with this life. Yeah. You know, that, that, that mental, mental shift yeah. is everything. And that's, and that's the point. And I, and I really love that we're here in this conversation because, you know, people see the trucks or the, the trips or whatever, but there is a bigger picture at play here. I yeah. mean, we really are, you really are working towards the betterment of community, family, you know, all of these key principles, leaving the legacy behind. So where, where are we at now in the story? Where your parents gave you the money, you're working, it's been a year. Where are we at now? Yeah. So let's see. Struggle busing mm. you know, was not easy. Um, and um shooting weddings just working my way up and then eventually was able to shoot the r5 sun stuff and then and get up and running so i guess we could we could pick up the story um once we were done with alaska and started to work our way into central and south america when we were in alaska we decided to run up to the top of the road in prudhoe bay Mm -hmm. and that's when i really kind of put two into hey did you hear that there is this road called the pan american Mm -hmm. it goes all the way from the very top Mm -hmm. To all the way to the bottom of Argentina, minus a thirty-mile gap in the Darien, mm. and I was like, maybe we should do this. That yeah. that dream scared me to death. Absolutely, and I thought it was like completely unrealistic. Mm. Because at the time we were in Alaska, we didn't raise enough money to pay for that trip. Mm. And I, I worked for two years to pay that trip off. Wow. You know, to get that up and running, and then on top of launching new seasons and stuff. It took a long time to pay that off, you know, but that's where like our folks helped us out. Um, Gave us the, you know, bought us the time to get up and running. So Central America comes along and we're trying to get there. And we got a deal kind of, it looks like we might have a deal with Toyota going and it falls through. Mm. So we had to re-improvise. Uh, we have general tire and stuff, but it's still not enough to go do like a Central America. Mm-hmm. Actually. So we had to reinvent ourselves. The next year, pitched again for Toyota and got a Toyota sponsorship, which was, that was the jump start financially mm-hmm. and what we needed as a company Shift. to do what we do today. It allowed us to buy the new cameras uh, and whatnot. Very cool. Um, and that was a scary trip. Of yeah. all of the, the trips, that is the one I enjoyed the least. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It was a ton of pressure for sponsorships to deliver. Oh. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to do well. Yeah. And yeah. so I carried that 
very heavily into that trip. Plus, Central America is not an easy place. I was gonna to say, man, yeah, you guys like the full this. breadth of it. You know, Baja's great. Mexico, you even have to start paying attention. Uh-huh. And then, you know, as you work mm-hmm. your way through Central America, there's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. So I got we got, we learned a lot fast. Mm. But uh, what was very motivating was that people told us you will never get Toyota as a sponsor. They don't sponsor anybody. Oh, and they didn't. I mean, they sponsored race car drivers. Yeah. It was Ivan Stewart's and that. Yeah. Like, we're nowhere near that. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, we're not yeah. an Ivan Stewart. And then, and then we did. Mm. And then people said, but they will never give you a car. And they gave us two forerunners. People. <laughs> right? And then it was cool because we drove down there and the people that were inside the Toyota, many of them have moved on because later in life mm. now. They hooked us up. We got to go meet Ivan Stewart. We got to like oh, really? interact with these people and stuff. And it was just amazing. And it was very motivating, even though the pressure was real. It yeah. was yeah. intimidating. Mm. Systematically, though, we had enough wins. And then we just had to bite, bite yeah. off yeah. that expedition one bite at a time. Wow. It eventually got Central America done. Actually, that's that the one on the wall, trip. yeah? The this one, one, yeah, right behind us. Wow. Is a, a poster of that. Big deal. Big deal. Yeah. Big deal. The next year, we thought we'd go right into South America and uh, had another do- Toyota deal look like we had it lined out. And uh, December 23rd, mm. canceled it. Really? Yeah, I couldn't do it because of oil prices at the time, gas prices, marketing shifts, took money from, say, like mm. Tacomas to mm. Prius. Mm. You know, so those things affected me. Absolutely. Had to push it for another year. Yeah. Yeah. Got it together, but people stuck with us in Toyota. Very cool. And uh, long story short, we were able to get South America done the next year. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, all these places that we've gone have come with struggle. Absolutely. Pushing how, it off, keeping at it. How was your feeling on that one, the South America one? Much better than Central or? Much better. Yeah. It's one of our best seasons of all time because yeah. we were running on all cylinders. I had learned le- my leadership structure a little bit better, mm. who I was as a leader. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that is one of the best experiences of my life was doing South America. So it's like momentum at this point. Now. Momentum. Yeah. Momentum. Very cool. And then ran into, um, vision fatigue. Oh, really? Yeah. So we had been pushing for seven years to get to oh, wow. Ushuaia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it took so much effort to get to that point that we hadn't thought about what's next. And it ultimately sent us in a bit of a tailspin mm. once we got done. What was next? And I, I call that so far our, uh, we wandered the desert for a little while. Mm, we made some other experience. Yeah, it's a desert experience, <laughs> which is very important yeah. to go through. It's never fun. Right. But uh, there's silver linings to all that. But we kept building business yeah. and doing it no matter what through the desert season. Seven years in, huh? Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, I think it's also important to note either your support system here. I, I, I see your wife. I came here today, met, met mm. your son, you yep. know. Um, and I feel like I'm a pretty good judge of character, but also my background and whatnot. And I, I love everything I see. And oh, the story that I'm hearing is, is a very strong support by your side there. She seems oh man, all about it. She carried the weight yeah. for a long time, still does, Yeah, you know, carries a lot of pretty the weight. Pretty special person, here. I would say, yeah. Incredible, <laughs> incredible person. Like, ugh. she's the biggest blessing in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Hands down. Like, love it. Take all the rest of this out, but don't take her. Yeah. You know, right. What, you know, (laughs) wow. So, seven years, you start to get a little bit of fatigue. Uh, What what happens next? I mean, 
you have to reinvent yourself mm. because, and this is, I, I've learned some things over the years about how it is incredibly important not to make your vision your identity. Oh, that's good. Um, it's easy to latch yeah. your, vi- your yep. identity into vision. Y- yeah, you're right. I- yeah, exactly. There we go. I did say mm-hmm. it right. Mm-hmm. Um, but once that vision is complete or the vision fails, if your identity is attached to it, so did you as a yeah. person. Yep. So it's very hard to keep them separate. And they are a bit blended in ways. Mm. I don't think it's impossible to keep them. You're not a robot. Yeah. But maintaining yourself outside of your vision is very important. Gotcha. And I think that has taken me probably three or four years to like solidify. That brings us to present day, you think? Present day. Yeah. 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 So it's important to know, you know, as we're sitting here and I love this whole build up to what we're doing today and talking and here at, you know, the X Hangers, amazing facility, the process and the journey and the lessons. I mean, how many, how many miles have you traveled now at this point? I mean, we, we talked about this in another video. It was like, well, tire miles, we have like miles. one and a half million yeah. tire miles, but it's collectively between all the tires on the ground. But uh, you know, we've done probably two to 50 of dirt miles, Yeah, you know, across 25, 30 some countries I'd have mm. to go look, but you know, I, we're in the fifties of border crossings. Are you really? You know, some of those are the same country going yeah, yeah. in and out, but you know, those dirt miles and those, those travel miles mm-hmm. are across many places like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And we're looking forward to more international stuff. That's what we're trying to get to. It's tough to run an international travel company with COVID going yeah, on. Lots of restrictions, but that's, uh, that's the world we live in. Yeah. You just have to keep moving. 100%. Are you able to tell us what's coming up next or is that something we're going to have to stick around? And- uh, you're going to have to stick around <laughs> for, for that one. Uh, we, we did just launch the Baja series. Uh, we've got Alaska that gotcha. we filmed in August. Uh, that's what I'm working on right now. Uh, that's my chop wood, carry water yeah. thing I got to yeah. do. And uh, we are working aggressively towards next year. And we, we've launched the Overlander Network, which is mm. giving us new options on how uh, we can shoot shows and what we can do. Yeah. So stay tuned there. We're, we're building this out. So it, we all have this option to like build your own future, right? Mm-hmm. And we all have certain cards in your mm-hmm. hand. Some of them you've been given and some of them you've played for to put in your deck. Mm-hmm. And so now at every every moment in life, you have a choice on how you're going to play those cards. Yeah. And so we're we're working on what the next play is. Gotcha. And we have the structure of it. Um but it boils down to, I want to hopefully impact people, yeah. inspire them to go see the world because I think it makes you a better person. Absolutely. It makes you a better dad. It makes you a better husband. It makes you a better wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and it rounds you out. And also it's what I personally want to, I want to go see the world. Yeah. So Absolutely. Um, we're going to keep going after Very it. Very cool, man. So as we wind down, where can people go? Where should they go to, to be part of this? I mean, is there a website that you have? Yep. Or I mean, we talked about a streaming service or what was it? A, yep. a subscription? So we just, we just stood up a paywall on special.tv and that's providing us a new opportunity to start building income mm. that is not completely sponsor driven mm-hmm. and has the capability of us doing more things outside of Expedition Overland mm-hmm. that we couldn't do inside the XO engine which we're really excited about. So yeah, yeah. check us out there, special.tv. It's an Overlander Network. Cool. And then our Instagram stuff and, uh, you know, XO, at X Overland. YouTube is Expedition Overland channel. 
Um, Facebook, same thing. Yeah. You know, we're not hard to find. Absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. Come check us out. Hopefully you'll get inspired and Clay, educated. Thank you so much. We, I don't even, we got on what, a little bit over an hour. I don't know. It just time flies, you know? Yeah. Great conversation, man. Thank you once again for, for pouring into us here on the podcast and allowing me to kind of pick your brain and hear the, the, the story you of bet. what we see now as XO. Um, again, guys, follow him on those sites that he listed. Again, Clay, appreciate you, man. You bet. Appreciate uh, this you is guys. Mike signing out. Clay, thank you so much. Guys, you catch bet. you on the next one. Ciao.